you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric B. Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Uh, this week we are looking at the CDC's Youth Risk Behavior Survey and the results of that finding. Um, every two years they poll high school students and they are trying to establish some trends looking at where the health of our kids are, mm-hmm. or the health is, where the health of our kids is in America. And uh, and so they look at this every couple of years. There's some things that they've not even been able to establish a trend because uh, they're only recently collecting data right. uh, in, in some of these areas. And we'll talk about that um, in the second and third segments of the show. But I think it's probably timely. I didn't I didn't plan it to coincide with this discussion, but it's probably timely that we have our friend on uh, in this first segment, Yvette Hampton is going to talk to us about, I guess I would put this in the category of solutions to what we see happening in this country. Um, the I think it's almost difficult to explain and probably even more difficult for people to comprehend uh, just how, um, how desperate the state is of um, protecting our children yeah. or seeing that our children are protected in this country. I don't think that it can be overstated. There are many parents who are taking the steps and putting into place um, I guess the guidelines or the guardrails to to keep their kids protected and really just praying through what it is that the Lord would have them to do for many families and increasingly so the response to what is happening in the culture because of the overwhelming pushback um, in the public school system. Uh, many parents are responding by electing to educate their kids at home. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen this on a national level. There's been a flood of parents saying, you know what? Enough is enough. You've tried to push us to the margins. These are our children. We we, we don't care what we've once expected you to do. Um, It was never that you owned them, that they became yours. And so many parents are responding by pushing back. Uh, There's so many resources and conferences that parents across the country can attend and participate in so that they are equipped to do just that. And one of these events is happening in just a couple weeks, I want to say. And I'm blessed and honored to be a part of it. And so I wanted to share that with our listeners as well. It's the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. And it happens March 6th through the 9th. And this is under the direction of Yvette and Garrett Hampton. And uh, we are blessed to be friends with them and to, to really not just know them from a distance or on a surface level, but to really know that, man, we are like-minded in that we want to equip parents and encourage parents that everything that God has called us to do in his word as it pertains to our children, we are equipped to do. We can do just that. Mm -hmm. Yvette, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm doing great today. Thank you. 
Yeah. Now you're, this is not your first time on this program. And so some of our listeners will be familiar with your voice and with your name, but just by way of reminder and letting our listeners know how they can connect with you, talk a little bit about your podcast and some of the documentaries that you've done that have been a huge blessing to the body of Christ. Yeah, thank you. So yes, I am the uh, host of the Schoolhouse Rocks podcast. It's a weekly podcast all about homeschooling and family discipleship. And um, I also hosted and my husband directed the film. It's a documentary about homeschooling and family discipleship called Schoolhouse Rock to the Homeschool Revolution. And that documentary came out in November of 21. And uh, so God just has us on this journey of ministering to homeschool families um, who are really taking that responsibility to uh, take on the discipleship of the hearts of their children. And um, it is such a privilege to be able to be on this side of it and be able to just speak truth to these parents. Yeah. Tell our listeners, let's talk about um, the logistics of the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. And then also, I want to, before you go, just kind of get your commentary here. I think that putting together an online conference like this is a form of commentary. It is the way that the Hamptons are responding to what's happening in the culture. But I also want to get some actual commentary from you today. But tell our listeners about the conference that's coming up. Sure. Well, it, it somewhat started back when we very first started homeschooling in that we just uh, we attended a conference in Los Angeles. That's where we're from. And that conference had such a huge impact in our lives. We had said before we went to that conference that we would never, ever, ever homeschool. We believed all the misconceptions and negative stereotypes. This is when our oldest was four years old. And so some friends invited us to a conference. We went and literally in one weekend alone, it was like the Lord completely changed our hearts. The scales fell from our eyes. And we said, wow, this is not just about the academics. This is really about reaching the hearts of our kids and training them up in righteousness. And we still didn't know what we were doing. You know, we went into it with our knees knocking and sweat on our brow, and we were terrified, but we knew that it was what God was calling us to do. And so we are in year 12 of homeschooling now. So we've spent the last 12 years really observing the homeschool world and all of those who have come into it since COVID, especially. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of parents who really are terrified. I mean, they just don't know. They know it's the right thing to do, but they don't know how to do it. And so, you know, we don't have all the answers. Of course, only God's word does have all the answers. But because of that, we have found um, homeschool conventions to be a huge impact on our lives. And we know so many others, but not everybody can attend an in-person conference. And so, especially if you've got a bunch of little kids at home and, and the cost of going, I mean, there are so many reasons why people are not able to attend in person. And so what we've done is we're doing a live conference, and it's interactive, which is really fun. So people can watch every session live, and they can interact with our speakers. They can ask questions. They can make comments. They can just be part of that, uh, the conversation uh, that we're having. And so it's a four-day-long conference. It's March 6th through the 9th, and it's hosted by myself and my uh, podcast co-host. Her name is Abby Ranella. And so we just have, we have uh, 18 different sessions and you don't have to choose which session you're going to go to at the same time because they just go one right after another. And uh, so it's just a great way to bring encouragement. We have people from all over the world who attend this live conference. It's really fun because uh, we'll people who will be watching at 3 a.m. while we're <laughs> doing the conference at 2, you know, or 3 p.m. And um, so it's really neat just to see how the Lord has used us. We did this back in 2020, right before COVID. And um, the Lord just used it, in a, used it in a mighty way to really impact people and open up parents' eyes to see what home education really is and why they should choose this path for their children. 
Yeah, it's really encouraging to look at the list of uh, speakers and those who are participating in this online conference, because I think that some of the questions that we have, and as a parent, I mean, the, the, the questions are really just never ending. Like, I think every single day, you know, and among those questions, Lord, did I execute that well? Am, am I doing this? Is this, right. am I bringing glory to your name, Lord? Um, but I think there are also some of those beginner questions as parents are looking at what's happening in the culture. They're saying, how can I possibly do this? Is Am I really going to be making that big a difference? Does it really matter where they're educated if I am their primary influence? And, of course, then there's some questions I think that would follow even that one. Uh, but sure. talk about some of the speakers who will be there responding to some of these issues that we're facing in the culture and even answering some of these questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you are joining us, like you said, which we're super excited about. Um, we it, We have a really good balance of, Two different things. One, we're balancing the homeschool, the practical homeschool um, advice and wisdom from seasoned homeschoolers. And we're coming in and saying, you know, this is how you get started. This is why you should homeschool. Here is, you know, the biblical backing for it. Here's what discipleship looks like. And so we've got lots of people talking about those things. And we've got, you, know, you can actually go on the website, um, homegrowngeneration.com, and you can see the list of different sessions that we have. So we give the really practical homeschool um, advice, but then we're also talking a lot about worldview and about culture and about things that are going on all around us and why we need to raise up our kids with the armor of God to be able to fight in this battle that we're in. Because we, as you know, of course, you talk about it all the time, we are in a fierce battle. And that's one of the things that we stand on is that the Lord tells us to equip our children for this battle. And we cannot put our children on the front lines of a battle that even adults are not winning right now. And Mm. so we have to raise them up for the first 18 years of their life and equip them with biblical truths so they can go out and do that. So we have, um, in addition to yourself, we've got Rick Green, who I know is just on uh, AFA. Uh, That's right. he's, He's amazing. He's coming on. Brian Osborne from Answers in Genesis. Dr. Georgia Purdom, also mm-hmm. from Answers in Genesis. Sam Sorbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, goodness, we've got... Uh, Israel Wayne. Who else is coming on? <laughs> <laughs> Israel Wayne, Andrew Pudua, uh, Rachel Carmen, um, Sonia Tyler. Schaefer, <laughs> Zan Tyler, Dorinda Wilson. We just have an incredible lineup. As a matter of fact, it's so funny because we went out to our, our list of people that we thought, okay, this is who we're going to reach out to first. And and if they can't join us, then we'll we'll continue asking. And we had so many of our speakers responded and said, yes, we want to be part of this, that we had to add an extra day to the conference. So it was just going to be three days. It ended up being four days because we had more speakers than we had sessions for. And so now it's a four-day conference, which is incredible. Um, but by God's grace, we have an incredible speaker lineup of people who we, we know personally, every single one of them. And uh, these are just solid, Jesus-loving people mm-hmm. who really desire, like we do and like you do, to reach the hearts of America, to reach the hearts of parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's one thing that I'm convinced of uh, more and more as I look at the information that's available to us as far as it um, pertains to affecting our kids, is that, my goodness, there was once a time where we could sit around and we could debate whether or not um, our public schools were hostile to the truth capital T. Okay. We could debate those things. We could have questions about um, what our options were and all the different ways that we could, you know, maybe educate our kids. But as we look at what's going on, to me, it has become overwhelming. It is glaring that our kids in many situations or many instances are being sent into an environment where 
um, they are facing hostilities because of the truth that they are attempting to carry. And I think that parents just can't ignore that anymore. I know, Yvette, you know, you and I both have, um, I, I, we have, as you know, we have six kids, but we have two girls. They're teenagers. And you have two girls, teen and preteen? Or she is? Yes. You, okay. Yes. Teen and preteen. 12 and 17. Okay. So teen and preteen. Our daughters are overwhelmingly affected by sort of the spirit of this age, if you will, this 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 lack of contentment, this the sadness, the the um, persistent feelings of, you know, not being uh, sufficient and, and, and all of these things that are that are presented to our daughters. I'm wondering if you have observed maybe even sort of the difference in having your kids educated at home versus the encounters that you would have where you see the attacks on our young girls who are not educated at home and maybe being subjected to, as I say, the spirit of this age. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you think of Psalm 139, 13 and 14, it says, for you formed my inner parts, you knitted me together in my mother's room. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And we have kids who are in the school system who are teaching them that they are not made in the image Mm. of a holy God. They were not created on purpose and for a purpose. And that's one of the things that we've been really intentional with our girls about teaching them is, you know, you were created on purpose for a purpose. I tell my girls all the time, live on purpose. Like you have a purpose in this world and it's not Instagram. It's not Facebook. It's not be real. You know, that's, that's the newest thing is be real. Um, it's not these things. It is for you to become who God created you to be. And so instead of putting them in a system that is teaching them everything contrary to the Word of God, including who they are and who they're meant to be, we have the opportunity to do that with them. And, and I'll tell you, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. You know, I thought, well, if we have them at home, it's going to be easy because we're going to have all the influence on them. And there's still so much influence. I have yes. told so many times, I wish that I could go back to when I was in high school. I graduated high school in 1993, and I thought Mm -hmm. it was tough then. Oh, my goodness. We didn't have social media back then. You know, we had Teen Magazine and Seventeen Magazine, and those were garbage. Mm -hmm. But that was the extent of my pressure was that, you know, I had these magazines come to my my mailbox once a Mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. These girls, whether they have social media or not, they have friends who have social media. And they, I mean, you walk through Walmart or any store and they're the posters, the ads, the everything, they are surrounded 24/7. by a world that tells them 24-7 that tells Non-stop. them you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you need to be better, yeah. you need to be skinnier, you need to be all these things. And and, we, and at the same time, you, oh, I was going to say, at the same time, you, we don't have sons, we have only girls, but at the same time, I see us, you know, training these, these young men to be more sensitive and to be more feminine yeah. and, you know we're demasculating them and it's so sad I, Yvette I just, let me just jump in I, let me just jump in I'm sorry I want to make sure to give the website schoolhouserocked.com you can learn more about Yvette and this ministry we'll take a break and we'll be right back see on the hill of Calvary my savior bled for me my Jesus set me free and look at those that give me life grace flowing from inside no greater sacrifice what he's done what he's done all the glory and the honor to the sun 
my sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. Sing for the freedom He has won. Even death is dead and done. His life has overcome. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's passion with what he's done. You know, we are looking at the youth risk behavior survey that the CDC released on February 13th. And, and again, um, it's not ever my intent to make someone care about something that they don't care about. But I, I unapologetically want to present the content that I think is important, that I think mm-hmm. is vital. And and understanding where our children are in America, I don't think can be overemphasized. We, for some reason, have believed that if our kids are sort of um, left to blow back and forth in the winds of the culture, that once they're older and wiser, they will settle down on their own. Yeah. You know, it's it's, we don't really have to, like, we can just, you know bide our time and then when they become adults they'll they'll come back or they'll they will stabilize and and then everything will be okay well not only has that just not ever been true okay it's not ever been true um but our kids at younger and younger ages are facing the kinds of attacks that even as you heard a vet uh allude to this in the last segment we're not even winning the battle in this area. Like adults themselves are ill-equipped to be able to battle. And yet we expect our kids to be victorious or to somehow be sustained until, you know, when they, they can then have their own opinions and run for office or start their own businesses. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind that we're thinking in this way. So one of the things that I feel convicted to do often is to call parents to the type of responsibility that is replete in the scriptures. There's not a place in scripture. There's not a place in scripture where you see that the expectation for how children should be reared or for how the knowledge of God should, uh, should be proliferated, that that was entrusted to someone outside of the parental oversight. Mm-hmm. Mm. Check me on it. Check me on it. If if you look at God's expectation mm-hmm. of the preservation or the proliferation of the knowledge of who he is in the earth, it always passed from the adults, from the parents to the children. Yes. When when the children of Israel are going to go into the land that the Lord, their God, indeed our God, mm-hmm. promised them. Mm-hmm. OK, what does he do? He reminds them. He takes them sort of like on a a a walk down memory lane, how he had been with them, how he had delivered them and how he had entrusted them with the truth of who he is. And he'd given them all of these parameters that they were to preserve and uphold and obey all of his commands. Right. Mm. Don't take on the characteristics of the people in the land that you're going into. Like, do not be like these people. This is what do what I'm telling you to do. And then and then and then what God says in Deuteronomy chapter six God says, in a day, your sons are going to ask you why. Right. Now, this is on top of teach 
these things to your children. Mm -hmm. So this is not a passive sort of like, oh, they're just going to kind of pick it up by osmosis just by way of living with you. Nope. That's actually in addition to you directly teaching them who I am. You make known to them who I am. You make known to them what I require. And then in the time when your sons say, hey, why are we doing these things? Why are we keeping these commands that the Lord your God has commanded us? Then you are to tell them how you were slaves in Egypt and how God brought you out, right? And so what is the expectation? The expectation is not that you will then, when your kids ask, hey, why are we doing all of these things? Send them down to the priests. Right, right. Hello, you don't go find a Levite (laughs) and say, hey, explain to my kid, why we're keeping these commandments and why we're doing all of these things. And I'll be over here sweeping. Hmm. No, no, no. As soon as your sons Mm -hmm. start to observe what you're doing and are old enough to make a connection that, Hey, you know what? You're doing something different that people around us, they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing these things? Why, why, why do we live in this way? Yeah. Then immediately you were supposed to be on the spot to tell why, tell why you do things differently. It highlights the relationship as well. Like it, it highlights the closeness that God has made uh, the family to have, you know, yes. that you will be the most trusted uh, uh, person in your child's life. So when there's a, a need for direction, when there's a need for answers, you know, that should be a closeness there. Like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? And, and yes. God has set it up that way, that it's an on-ramp for the gospel. An Amen. on-ramp that, Amen. that your children would hear the gospel about God and his goodness Amen. from you first. That's an amazing thing to consider. So we've done, we've done programs on this before yeah. where, um, and again, not trying to upset the apple cart and not trying to add any more pressure than what parents already feel. Okay. Um, we're in the thick of this right now. We're not looking back right. on parenting. We're right. doing it right now. There's a tremendous amount of, um, stress, if you will, that we feel over trying to execute rightly for the glory of God, Mm. right? Not trying to be like the perfect parent by anybody's definition or anything like that, but trying to look at the scriptures and draw out from the scriptures what God expects. So I'm not trying to add pressure there, but what I am saying is that God expects you to preserve the knowledge of who he is in your kids. God expects you to make much of who he is for your children so that they will know who God is. Mm -hmm. What we see happening in this country is we see generations of parents who failed to do that. Now I want to, I want to say something, and this is where I want to turn my focus today because what I'm realizing is that as we've said, we're going to go through this new, this report that's out of this survey, the findings of this survey from the CDC, it's probably better for us to break it down into the sections and then just kind of deal with each of each of those sections and, I want to offer my commentary on what I think it reveals. And so we got into the mental health section that I think probably is the big deal right now. Uh, And, and again, in addition to all the other mantras that are being, you know, chanted and recited in our culture today uh, among them, it's okay to not be okay. So now we've got our kids who are struggling with all kinds of issues. They really do have a, anxiety that is manifesting in them and they, they have a sense of hopelessness. I'm going to show you biblically why I believe that is, I'm going to show you that. Um, but the problem is, and, and I don't think the CDC covers this, right? Because these things have to be spiritually discerned. It's not just interpreting the responses to questions. 
Why are our kids struggling with this? Well, because now, unlike in any time in the past, they live in a time where it is actually celebrated to have these types of issues. Right. Okay. This is what makes you human. This is what allows you to feel and have a sense of identity. It's, you know, you now have kids who are leading with the fact that, you know, I'm broken and I'm and that's okay. And and And, this broke. You you have to watch those so-called influencers yes they're seeing this these things you know from these um social media influencers and even in the music yes. you know where it's bending towards darkness or just yes. you know i have these problems and and they're not giving solution uh i'm talking about christian artists they're not giving solutions you know and the solution is jesus christ mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but you, man they're, they're being bombarded from all sides by these different uh, uh, you know, images of of darkness and 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 hopelessness and things like that. Look, it gets real, okay. And 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 we are not suggesting anything that um that we're not actually walking through right now. You know, again, and I cannot stress this enough: we're not looking back on when we were raising kids. We are raising them right now. I want right. to give you an example. Your kid does not have to be um, searching for content that necessarily seeks to minister to him or her on social and emotional issues Mm -hmm. or on issues of anxiety and depression. Like you, your kid doesn't have to be searching for that. It's woven into the types of quote unquote influencers Mm -hmm. that they have access to, or to say it better that have access to them. If you allow it, I'll give you an example. We're just recently talking about this um, with there's one YouTuber that previously she was just a YouTuber who um, collected reborn dolls. Okay. So these are the dolls that look like real babies. Okay. Which is really fascinating to see. These dolls look like real babies. They're incredibly expensive dolls. They have clothes and all of this, this whole thing. And so one of our daughters was, was really into this, that this is just really cool. And admittedly, so was I, because your kids' interests usually become your interests. Right. So, so I remember like, watching these videos with her like oh my goodness looks that's amazing how they were able to get the detail of real babies it's like it's like doll heaven for people who love dolls okay well then once I'm I'm in the area like I'm not actually actively watching with her but I was in the area because they have to watch these videos in a common place right so I can hear what's going on and this particular youtuber goes into talking about her depression and anxiety and what she's been battling with. And then she begins to quote unquote, in my definition, she begins to minister. Okay. To my daughter that it's okay. Like to, to be, to be not okay. And sometimes you just need to, and excuse me, I'm just going to grab one of my dolls to hold on because this just anchors me and I feel safe when I, and so I go, wait, hold up. Mm -mm, No, (laughs) I'm sorry. No, no, no. We're not here for that. You take the doll out of the box, show us the clothes, show us the 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 you know the features of the doll, show us how human like the doll is, show us tell us how much the doll weighs, okay? So you name the doll, what's the doll's name? Like let's see the clothes. We're there for that. That's I'm totally fine with that. But what you're not going to do is tell my daughter that it is okay to lean into depression, to lean into anxious feelings and anxious thoughts. And then what's the remedy for that? Just hold this doll. So imagine how many 
uh, girls are watching that without their moms or dads being able to, you know, or watching it with them and being able to catch that. And so then what you have is uh, the embracing of that type of stuff by the, the girl. And it's like, why are they so depressed now? Like, what's going on? Because these things become these things become the aid that our kids are then looking to. They these these people become the help. These people become the source. And because the culture, because it is spread across the culture that it's quote unquote okay to to not be okay, right? This is now normative for our kids. And I really wish that parents understood this. This is not what, you know, in in our generation or just even maybe a few generations back or one generation back where if a kid was struggling, the kid wanted help. The kid did not want to be depressed like the kid was was kind of like it was it was a cry for help today in our culture. There is something very different that is happening. There is not a cry for help. It is simply the expression, the expression that I'm not okay, and that's okay. So there is a there there is a celebration of hopelessness that is not compatible with being in Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So our kids, our teenagers, cannot both be in Christ and filled with the hope of being in Christ and now normalizing hopelessness. Right. The two are incompatible. In fact, I would say this, they are mutually exclusive. So as I was looking at this report coming mm-hmm. from the CDC and looking at some of the numbers, there are so many, there are so many things. All right. So, and we got into this a little bit yesterday. I'm going to pick up here. Okay. Persistent feeling of sadness or hopelessness. All right. In 2021, 42% of high school students felt so sad or hopeless almost every day for at least two weeks in a row Mm. that they stopped doing, doing their usual activities. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what becomes a pattern, what becomes a habit in their life. So, 42% 42% in total, 42% of the high schoolers who were surveyed said that, yes, they had persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. Now, this is something that is important. And again, when these kinds of numbers are in the CDC's report, this tells you just how bad it is. In the category of those who identify as LGBTQ, which, by the way, it's important for you to note Two years ago in 2019, when they asked these questions, and certainly in the years prior, there was no T. So there was no polling data available for tracking transgender Mm. trends. Mm. In 2021, that's new (laughs) to the CDC's inquiry. I just, you can do with that what you want, but what I'm telling you is that now to track specifically the category of transgender. It's not included historically in the LGBTQ. All right. The numbers are highest among those who would identify in this so-called community. Persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Among those who identify as LGBTQ, 69%. Wow. Those who've had sexual contact with members of the same sex at any point in their life, 78%. 78% describing persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what do we know about those who are in Christ? There is a hope that is beyond us. We are not the source of our hope. And there's a reason for that. Let's grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. In 2021, 22% of high school students seriously considered attempting suicide during the past year. Female students were more likely than male students to seriously consider attempting suicide. LGBTQ plus students and students who had any same-sex partners were more likely than their peers to seriously consider attempting suicide. Again, that number at 22% here, CDC information out. Uh, 22% overall for uh, high school students. But then when you look at those who are in the category of LGBTQ plus 45% seriously considered attempting suicide and 58% those who specifically asked the question, did you have any same sex partners at any point? Okay. Um, 58% backing up. Looking at our girls again, that number is at 30% for them. Seriously considered attempting suicide. And again, I mentioned this yesterday as I was um, praying through looking at this data. um, One of the questions that just comes to my mind, you know, is, you know, Lord, what is going on? Help me to understand and also help me to to respond in a way that is thoughtful and eternally significant when talking to parents and grandparents about this information, this information matters Mm. because if this is representative of what is in our culture today, as it pertains to our teenagers, then we should be alarmed. We, we, we cannot just say, well, I mean, I don't know if I really see that, but the question is, but are you looking for it? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like the question is, but, uh, but are you, are you looking because Hope that it's not happening to you. Well, I hope that's not true for my kid. That's that's actually that's yeah, not real that's responsive. Not, that's not, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> you, you, you know that's what I'm sufficient. saying? Right. It's not sufficient. Like just to say, well, I hope that's not happening with my kids. Right, no, right. you got to know. And and sometimes I think as parents, you know, sometimes I think we are afraid to learn the truth. Mm. You know what I mean? Because then there is this response to it. So yeah. now what what are we going to do with that? One of the things that I observed, and I want to, um, we'll open the phone lines up to 888-589-8840. Get some commentary from you. 888-589-8840. But one of the things that I want to do, a couple of things here is I, just a response, a, a biblical response to what I believe is happening here. So big picture, I think that there is an identity crisis that is happening with our kids and we can see it. And look, it's happening in the church Okay, at large, I think it's happening in the church. It's happening with adults. But I think it's super pronounced among our kids that there is an identity crisis because we live in a time 
again, where our kids, more than any other generation, are being told that they can be whatever self they want to be. Mm. Yeah. So they don't understand what it is to have an identity or meaning or significance apart from that freedom to just be whatever they want to be. You see, because what has been sold to our kids is that you're going to love this freedom. You can just you can just pick whatever you want. Like you want to be a cat, you be a cat. <laughs> and, 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 and we live in a time now where people have to honor that. They, they cannot miss species you. Like they have, they have to like, they have to use your species. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. And what this has caused is this has exacerbated the problem, right? That those who were disturbed and so felt like they were not content with themselves being able to pick a self, quote unquote, um, didn't, didn't remedy that disturbance. It didn't help them at all. Mm. So what do we need to do as Christian parents who are raising children in 21st century America, well, first and foremost, and I'm going to keep saying this, okay, we have got to get the gospel to our kids. Yeah. We, we have got to get the truth of the gospel to our kids because you cannot minister to this heart. You can't minister to your kid's heart if your kid is hostile to truth. Remember, the mind that is apart from Christ is hostile to truth. It cannot submit to God. Indeed, the Bible says it can't do it. Right. Like it, it's not that, oh, it. I just don't want It's I can't. So what you need is you need a child who is born again. Yes. You need a child who is regenerated so that you can minister to that child. Yes, parenting, the rearing of children is ministry, parents. It is ministry. If you're sitting around like, I just don't know what my ministry is. I don't know what my, what, what God's called me to do with my life. Like it, it just, okay. If you got kids at home. All right. <laughs> you got a ministry ongoing. It's there when you wake up and it's there when you go to sleep and all throughout the day. So that is ministry. We've got to be able to teach our kids that if they are in Christ. So first the gospel, we need them to be regenerated. We need them to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Once this is true, mm -hmm. once they are regenerated, we need them to understand that they are now hidden in Christ. They have a new identity. It is that of being hidden in Christ. They have been crucified with Christ. So now the search for significance and the search for meaning takes on a different um, a different slant, if you will, because it's not just significance in this life. It is significance eternally, so much so that there is one who died for you that you would eternally live with him. Mm. Do you understand? So now what I'm not doing is I am not looking for significance in and of myself. I am not looking for my life to have meaning and significance in any way that is determined by something I do with my own hands or my own ambition. Mm -hmm. Pause for a second. Let me talk about ambition here. Parents, and I again, I want to say this lovingly because, look, all right, we are in the thick of it. And I'm going to keep saying that because I want you to understand that my words are a boomerang. All right. They are a boomerang. Parents, we have missed it for at least two or three generations here and maybe even longer. OK, we have told our kids that their success is to be externally measured. We have bragged on their successes to our friends and those successes have fallen squarely in the category of temporal achievements and they hurt us. They hurt us. 
So what we said to them was, hey, you matter because you're a great cheerleader. You matter because you get straight A's. Hey, and so what does this do? This says that your significance is in those things. Yeah. We've told our daughters, you're so pretty. We told our sons, man, you're so handsome. You're so athletic. And so we put all of their identity in those external things. And we've said, here's your worth and here's your value. And we've done it in the church. We've done it inside Christian homes. We brag on our kids on all of these temporal things in front of people and the kids hear it. And the kids say, oh, that's what matters. That's what matters. We don't lead with them being faithful to Christ. We don't live life with them as believers together in the family of God. And so this has overwhelmingly affected their perception of what is valuable, what matters, what is their significance in life. So now, now, when any of those things are kind of like struck at, then we have kids who feel hopeless, mm -hmm. who feel like, well, well, what, what am I if I'm not good at this? And then you add to that, literally, guys, there's no way that we can really conceptualize this you know, unless you have now kind of immersed yourself in this culture, I actively, I have to tell you, I actively resist it. But if you have immersed yourself in this culture, then you can kind of understand a little bit what our high schoolers are going through. They literally have people liking or not the things they think and say. The pictures that they post, like in real time, mm -hmm. telling them that, they are worthy of this or not, right. that they should live or they shouldn't. Mm. You have no idea what that is like. And I'm going to just tell you, <laughs> and then we'll go to the phone lines here. Well, yeah. Okay. I'll weave it in. I have some more, but I'll weave it in. Let me just say this. If you're waiting for, um, let me just ask this way. <laughs> what are you waiting for? to protect your kids from social media? Like what, 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 what are you waiting for to protect your kids from unfettered access to the internet? Okay, I understand. I, I get that we're like, man, we live in a fast-paced society. Our kids have to have phones. They're in different places. Okay, okay. I, I get it. I understand that. But like, what's the purpose that your kid has a phone on his or her nightstand every night when they're going to bed and every morning when they're waking up and all throughout the night at points that you don't know because you're like in prayer and meditation? Well, what we usually wait for is something bad to happen and then we act instead of being, you know, proactive and saying, you know, I see what's going on. I, I, I see what's happening. And from the onset say, okay, we're going to curb this. But I think we wait till something happens and then we're like running from behind. I think it's too late. Yeah. I, I think at that, I think it at is. that point it's too late. And, and I'm going to tell you so much of our kids personalities, whether we recognize it or not is being shaped by external factors that we don't even imagine. Like we, we don't even know the people who are discipling our children. We don't know them. We don't know who their YouTubers are. We don't know, you know, what whatever other social media they may have. I say YouTube because that is the only thing that our kids are allowed to consume with us present. And it has to be pre-approved. Here's who you can watch. And, and if they violate that trust, they're out. Like, and, and, and I'm not, you know, I want I want my kids. And, and I a friend of ours said this as she was teaching our uh, kids at our local assembly. 
she said, man, you know, every parent wants their kid to be happy. You know, you look around your parents in this room, they want you to be happy. And she said, but more than we want our kids to be happy, we want them to be holy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Tanya in Arkansas. Hi. Hi, Tanya. Woo-wee. Mickey, you are on fire today, girl. Mm. <laughs> I thank, I thank you. I thank you for speaking this truth. And let me tell you, when my daughter was in fifth grade, she went from elementary into the middle school. And I live in rural Arkansas. I don't live mm-hmm. in Little Rock or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I will never forget when she told me 50% of the girls' moms say that they're lesbian or bisexual. In fifth I mean, grade? I w- in fifth grade. I was stunned. Stunned. And she just, she wants to go to public school so i let her she's old enough when 2020 is i can't choose for her she's too old but you know she stays center and she knows her purpose you know what i'm saying and as long as i can keep her centered in god then she'll keep fighting just like i do i'm telling you all for speaking truth God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Look, I know I know that you've got to work overtime because what we don't recognize is this is a part of the culture that we exist in. It's even though it's it's shocking to me to hear that number. It's not all that surprising because you look at the big picture numbers where you say Generation Z 40 percent of them identify as LGBTQ plus. So somewhere on that alphabet soup line they're they're 40 percent of our kids in generation z would put themselves in somewhere on that line i mean it's just it it boggles the mind to to think about that and then you see that that's also infiltrating the church it's not remaining in the local school right it's it's also infiltrating the church let me try to squeeze in one more call here will the great where do we go all right we have uh jana in texas hi jana hello how are y'all hello i would just like I would just like to say that I think part of this identity crisis for our children is two things. Number one, because they've taught evolution in schools and the children don't know that they're made in the image of God. And number two, the abortion is so prevalent that I feel like that they feel like they are disposable. Mm. Listen, you are spot on. When you do not teach, well, let me say this. When you begin teaching from a place that God, if he exists, okay, right? If he exists, he's irrelevant to what we do here. But then proceed with your own religious conviction, that is that we just kind of sprang from, um, you know, primordial ooze. Like we just, you know, we we don't big bang and then there's no design, there's no intent, there's no purpose. If that's what we teach our kids, there is absolutely no wonder why they are struggling with their identity. But then you add to that, and, and this is this is where I like to do business with the household of faith, right? Because God is, look, look and, and when I say this, I don't mean this in like a creature needy word. God has entrusted truth to those who know him to proliferate that truth. Like the wicked are not going to tell of who God is. Like they're, they are not going to preach the truth. So when we look at the church and we look at how we have failed We have failed to show up for our kids. We cannot continue on this way and expect different results. If we have a new identity in Christ, why aren't we teaching our children that? Why aren't we driving that home for our kids? If we have a hope 
that surpasses what we are dealing with right now. So if our kids do face attacks, if our kids do face, and, and when I say attack, I mean from the evil one, why aren't we reinforcing the fact that we have a hope that is beyond what we see here? Well, could it be that in some instances, we, the parents, are not really sure that it's a hope worth talking about? Hmm. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.